Hello, VW fans and fiends. No, friend. Yeah, that, that works. Hello, VW fans and fiends. Thanks for joining us for another episode of So You Owned a VW Bus. I'm Miracle. And I'm Ryan. We were passing through Escalante, Utah. Some people say Escalante. It's a big debate. The town voted. They did vote on it, actually. And it is Escalante. That's what the town said. But most people say Escalante. You and I say Escalante. The locals say Escalante. Word. Anyway, we met a young couple, Ian and Caitlin. Even though they had a very lovely home in the heart of this tiny little mountain town, they had previously lived in their 1986 synchro. I work seasonally as a ski guide and was kind of shopping around for some sort of vehicle I could live out of part, like half the year. Um, and at the time I was working at a bike shop in Moab and the guy who managed the shop has a really nice, ratty, two-wheel drive Westie. And uh, it's great. Him and his family and his two kids go camping it every weekend. They drive all over the place and He's very proud of the place that he's taking his two-wheel drive van again. So I thought they were pretty cool. And I was kind of shopping around, looking at Astro vans and other things I could afford. And he was like, you know, my wife's ex-boyfriend's friend has a van again sitting on his property in Carbondale that I don't think he wants anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, we'll go take a look at it. And so I got some pictures of it and didn't really know what we were looking at. It looked like a rusty old van that had weeds growing through it. And then we kind of looked closer and realized it was a synchro. And he only wanted a few thousand bucks for it. And so we were kind of like, all right. He, like, I met him at the city market in Moab, handed him some cash, and he's like, you know, I'm not going to be home for the next month. It's there. You know, here's the title. And so we spent a couple weekends driving out to Carbondale. And in the middle started, of winter. In the middle of winter. This is December. Um, and so we got it and it, we showed up, siphoned out the fuel, put some new gas in, new battery. Um, and that was actually it. And then it started. So we got super lucky there. And of course, you know, you start a van that hasn't run, I think it hadn't run in seven years, seven or eight years. And so, yeah, you know, we're blasting pack rat nest out the exhaust pipe and everything's smoking and we drove it home to Moab. Like that, and then we uh, got new tires on it too. We, oh yeah, we picked up some tires <laughs> in Glenwood Springs and drove those back up to the van. Um, yeah, made the trip back to Moab fine, and then it broke down in the driveway, which was convenient because I made it home. Sure. <laughs> and it was about a year of it intermittently working uh, in the driveway of our rental in Moab, and so Ian fixed up the van. Well, some of his fixes are a bit unconventional. It's, that was 30,000 miles ago. So it's got over. It's The odometer doesn't work because it's a VW. Um, <laughs> uh, it screams in the wintertime. Oh, so. yeah. We, we just, so <laughs> the odometer <laughs> wasn't really ticking over right anyway. And then uh, a couple winters ago, the speedometer cable started just, like, screaming because the bearing went bad inside the, uh, inside the actual unit. And they're, like, 250 bucks. And so I just unplugged it, and I kind of know how fast I'm going based on my RPMs and which gear I'm in. Uh, you know, it, 
<laughs> it's getting to the point now, the poor van, where you know something stops working, so I unplug it, and then everything's fine. And then something else stops working, you unplug it, and it's all fine. You know, it's manual steering now. Just the you know the power steering pump was starting to make some noise, so I just took the belt off, and turns out manual steering's fine. Uh, it, it was idling really high, so I unplugged the idle control module, and now it's great. Um, you know, it's funny. It, I I don't know what they were doing with computers in the eighties, but I don't think it was the right thing. So it's kind of the brief history of the van. Yeah, the synchro, the synchro. Um, call it Jean Claude Dam Van. So, how did Ian and Caitlin come to call Jean Claude Dam Van Home Sweet Home? So, I mean, ever since we got it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, someday, someday we're going to live in it. Maybe we'll drive it down through South America to ski, whatever. Um, we'll live the, the VW life at some point. And then we, Caitlin, uh, found out she was going to work for the nonprofit here. She got got the job, which was phenomenal, big step for her career. Um, and I found another job for myself um, as a canyon guide. And both, like everyone involved, our our employers are very well connected in town. And it had been two months of them asking around, like, and no no dice on a rental. And of course, it's you know, a town of seven hundred people, so there's not an abundance of houses in the first place, let alone vacant houses to rent. And so, after a couple months of looking, um, the best lead we had was an apartment above the thrift store. For a thousand dollars a month, um, and you know, second floor, so our dog would have to go down like the metal grate stairs to get out into the parking lot behind the grocery store, and that would have been like the yard. So we we're like, ah, you know, let's chance it with the van. And we're just surrounded by public land, so, so. it's like a pretty easy place to disperse camp for mm-hmm. a long period of time. The, so. Yeah, the climate's mild. We can move around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like a pretty good time to try it out. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just anything when you start cutting away excess um, and getting down to the bare bones. It's something you really find out, like, like what works, what doesn't work. And um, our van is pretty minimal. We don't have any stove inside. Um, it doesn't pop up. The roof doesn't pop up. So you can't really stand up and kind of hunch over. Um, really, really simple space. And that was just all we had. You know, we had a little cargo box on top that carried our backpacking stuff and our canyoneering stuff um, and that was about it um, and so I think it really just stripped everything down to the bare bones and let us enjoy your time together something I think a lot of couples should do right? mm-hmm. really... yeah it lets you know what works and what doesn't work in a pretty pretty basic way yeah and if it doesn't work you just don't plug it yeah <laughs> right just exactly you just get, just get rid of it you don't need it <laughs> So, we actually found Ian and Caitlin on Van Alert. In Utah, there's plenty of free camping on BLM lands. But I contacted them because we needed a place to stay in city limits because Miracle had recently suffered a serious concussion. Serendipitously, Ian knew exactly what this was like. I think people hit their heads on vans pretty regularly. and uh, the We lived out of the van last summer when we moved to Escalante. Uh, for about five months before we bought our house and in the winter leading up to it um i was had we were in salida had the van salida and i drove it down to my parents place in denver and we realized that we were gonna have to live in it um which we were excited about but it meant that i had all of a few weeks to 
go from bare metal on the inside to something that could support two people in the desert. Um, and so I was running around, running around and went to jump into the van, smacked my head on the lip of the door and knocked myself out. And so then all of a sudden now, not only do I have to build the van and move to Utah and live in it, but I'm concussed and have to do all this. And so, yeah, head injuries suck. Yeah, they really do. And Ian's concussion wasn't the only hardship they faced while living in the van. And then, yeah, in end of May of last year, I found out my one of my best friends had died in a whitewater kayaking kayaking incident um, up in Montana. So that was also just like a very big change and a lot of new emotions I've never felt before. I've been very fortunate in my life to not go through a lot of really hard things. Um, so that was kind of a strange thing to navigate when you're living with your significant other in such a small space, you don't, you know, have like a reliable place to cook every night. You never really know what the weather's going to bring. So it was just like, it was pretty hard. Lots of emotions. It was a, I mean, not to like dive into the details too much, but, um, she had her accident, our friend and was in a coma in the hospital for almost a month, several weeks. Um, and so the whole, this whole time we're, you know, we're like living in the van. Um, Kate's got this new job that is just a whole new world for her. I mean, she stepped into this role that she's never had before and they were like, run with it. This is your program. Um, so she's dealing with that. I was working like 65, 70 hours a week, um, as a Canyon guide, um, out in the desert. And so we were both just running around with our heads chopped off. And then to add on this whole thing, you know, it's like, you know, do we need to like go up to Montana to like support friends and family? Like, is there anything we can do? Should we be there? Should we be here? Like we didn't want to, yeah, it was just, it, it was a lot to add on. It was just a lot of stress for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like on top of that, like this was one of my friends and I's favorite places to go was Escalante specifically. Like some of our best memories were like coming here for college spring break and going backpacking together. Um, so being, you know, when you're in a van, you're like so much in your environment. So part of that, like having all these memories of her in this place was actually really healing to be like so connected to the weather, to the landscape. Um, it was like, maybe the only, like one of the reasons I actually made it through like with like my brain intact um was like you know the the landscape became the place where I was able to heal because I was gonna be able to go to all these places that we loved um even like the town of Escalante going to all these restaurants that we loved um and just like reliving those things thinking about her all the time keeping her in my heart so that was like a really like special and unique thing to go through. <laughs> so like sometimes when you're going through any sort of grief, you need space. And that was just not a commodity we had uh, much of. So figuring out like when, when were times to offer support, when were times to offer space. And then if somebody needed space and how, how do you do that? How do you do that? You know, at this point we were living in a horse pasture outside of town watching after some horses. And so it was kind of a dust bowl and it was just not a pleasant place to be outside. One of the horses was kind of a turd too. Um, (laughs) But 
yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting and I think that was the, the most challenging part of the whole thing was just finding personal space but again it was like such a good bonding experience I feel like all of that like I know hard times will come in the future and so now it feels like going through that given especially kind of like all of our resources now and like our friends and our community um, it feels like I feel well equipped for like facing those things in the future. So I feel like really thankful for that. I'm 100% confident that Caitlin and Ian are well equipped to handle anything that comes their way. Especially now that they are homeowners. Yeah, I had kind of forgotten what it's like to live in a house. Me too. It felt good right away to (laughs) be in a house. I mean, we had just been running around so much and... Um, we're both working really hard. We're both outside a lot for work too. And so just having access to a shower right away, um, we were like, man, this is, we can just show up home and take a shower without, you know, standing outside of the dromedary bag. Like we never got too fancy with a road shower situation. We just hung a bag in a tree that dribbled water. And that was it. (laughs) Um, so I think immediately it was like very nice, but I mean, it's it's awesome to be in the van. I miss it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're van again owners, not you bus people. We've got a queen size bed. <laughs> it's comfy. We can sit up. You know, it's, um, it was definitely, I think we were both surprised living in it, how comfortable it was the whole time. And, you know, obviously moving into a house and you know, you know, then you have to furnish the house and you're going from having nothing in a van to having a house full of, full of crap. Um, and so it was, it was a big transition. And I think, at the end of the day, it's a super positive thing. It's a huge step for us that we feel pretty lucky to have fallen into. You know what? Ian and Caitlin are really lucky to have each other. And we were really lucky to run into them. Do you know who missed out on meeting them? Who's that? Um, There was one time (laughs) when the van broke down on the side of the road. Another van drove by and didn't stop. So if that person listens to that podcast... Oregon plates, nice, nice, beautiful Westphalia. Um, you lost some karma points. It was gray. It was just a gray Wolfsburg Westie. They had a Montana flag hanging in the back. They did have a Montana flag hanging in the back, but Oregon plates, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> We're all on the road together. Thank you, Ian and Caitlin, for letting us stay at your home at a time when we really needed it. And thank you to our sponsors, the Jan Machowski Foundation of Switzerland, which has covered our healthcare costs during this journey, and Go Westie, which has kept us supplied with parts. Until next time, everyone. 